Hello, and welcome to episode 8 of I Don't Know the Podcast. Werewolves, or lycanthropes. They're in every film, from an American werewolf in London to an American werewolf in Paris. But are all werewolves American? No. In fact, hardly any of them are. Only the world's most famous werewolf, Michael J. Fox. This week, we unveil the truth about werewolves. Are they demonic manifestations? Or are they just really hairy people? Or are they something else? I don't know. So, listen on to find out what else I don't know about werewolves. myth can be traced back to the year 60 AD. It has a lot to do with Germanic paganism. It is said that a werewolf is a man or a woman who has been cursed into becoming a bloodthirsty beast. But werewolf tales stretch all across Europe, including Scandinavia. It is also said that if you are bitten by a werewolf, then you too will become one. But are there any other, less painful ways to become a werewolf? Luckily there are. Some superstitions said that you become a werewolf from drinking rainwater from the paw print of a wolf. The Swedes claimed that drinking a special beer and reciting a magical incantation could transform you into a lycanthrope. Folklore actually had it that anyone with a unibrow, curved fingernails and low set ears was probably a werewolf. Hmm, I think Croydon might be crawling with them. The fear and paranoia that gripped medieval Europe was intense. But what do you do if you think someone's a werewolf? Well, you put them on trial. Werewolf? There! Werewolf! Ah, it's a pentangle, a five-pointed star. It's used in witchcraft. It's the mark of the wolf here. well-documented werewolf trials was that of German person Peter Stump in 1589. The town of Bedburg 
had been terrorised for twenty-five years by an insatiable bloodsucker. The townsfolk feared for their lives. Goats, lambs and sheep were killed. But not only that, also men, women and children were killed, mutilated and eaten by what was reported as A greedy wolf, mighty and strong, with eyes great and large which in the night sparkled like fire, a mouth great and wide, with most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body and mighty paws. But this wolf was missing one of those paws, and it was Peter Stump, who only had one hand also. After some interrogation, Peter admitted that he practiced black magic since he was twelve and the devil had given him a magic wolf belt that transformed him into that terrible beast. After some even more careful questioning on the rack and some light torture, Peter's memory was refreshed some more, and he owned up to killing and eating 14 children, including his own son, whose brain he ate, and two pregnant women whose fetuses he ripped from their wombs, and I quote, ate their hearts panting hot and raw. He was also accused of having sex with a hot succubus, and of having an incestuous relationship with his daughter and a distant relative. They were also sentenced to death with him. With the execution, they were taking no chances. They did not want this guy coming back. He was tied to a wheel and had his flesh torn off with red-hot pincers. Then his arms and legs were broken with a blunt axe, before he was decapitated and his body burnt on a pyre. His daughter and mistress were whipped and strangled and burnt with him. This was to act as a warning. And you know what? It worked. The city of Bedburg had no more werewolf activity afterwards. And Peter Stump has been immortalised in song. The intro to this bit was the German band The Other with their song Werewolf of Bedburg. And here's another song, The Infernal Seas, Skinwalker. That song's over five minutes long. He's even mentioned in Peter Blatty's book, The Exorcist. How do we know so much about Peter Stump's trial? Well, there's a 16-page English-language pamphlet in the British Museum detailing the case. I do recommend visiting the British Museum. It's got all the stuff British people found all over the world, like the Parthenon and the Rosetta Stone. And remember the motto of the British Museum. Finxerunt custodies festibuli, or finders keepers. Now we can understand why people might believe in werewolves back in the 15th century Europe, but what about more recent reports? Bill Smith grew up in the seaside town of Southend-on-Sea in Essex, and some think he was a werewolf as recently as 1983. 
the air went very cold. There was a terrible stench in the air. What I actually saw that night, I couldn't really understand. He had these mad, staring eyes. And he threw them off, in their words, like they were matchsticks. His story was covered by US TV show Sightings. Program deals with controversial subjects. The theories expressed are not the only possible interpretation. The viewer is invited to make a judgment based on all available information. Tonight on Sightings. Some claim this man is a real live werewolf, and those who were savagely attacked believe it's true. He's seen the transfiguration of a man into a wolf. Welcome to Sightings. I'm Tim White. In a new investigation, we found that werewolves seem to be more than just fantasy. They could be victims of what's known as lycanthropy. Without warning, victims say that they're turned into raging animals. The cause? Well, some believe it's a mental illness. Others, that it's the result of demonic possession. Just either mental illness or demonic possession. I think they put in as much research as I do. Rational men who turn into irrational salivating beasts may be Hollywood's version of a classic werewolf. But real werewolves are created by makeup artists. To outsiders, this small English town of Southend-on-Sea seems quiet, picturesque, even quaint. This narrator has obviously never been to Southend. I mean, I've never heard the word quaint and Southend in the same sentence before. But there are secrets here. An evil that lies just beneath the surface. You can't see what invisible danger lurks here until Bill Ramsey tells you his story. The story began uh, when I was nine years old. It was a very warm summer's evening. Suddenly the air went very cold. There was a terrible stench in the air. Yep. That's South End. And I just flew into the most horrendous rage that uh, my mother and father came out to see what the hell was going on. And the fence post was two or three inches square. It was set into concrete in the ground. I pulled it out and smashed it on the floor until it broke. Uh, well, I don't think I could do that now. My mother and father just couldn't make out why their little nine-year-old boy suddenly started to act virtually like an animal in the garden. That kid just needs a bit of discipline. Bill Ramsey thought it was an isolated childhood event. He grew up, married, had children. But then the violent episode from his childhood came back to haunt the adult. Strange animal behavior would overtake him. Violence he couldn't control or explain. At first he could keep it secret. But then one day, Bill Ramsey bit someone in public. And the animal inside him wasn't a secret anymore. Is he a werewolf or just a asshole? Soon after, Ramsey attacked the nurse at South End Hospital. 
I just had the feeling that ultimately I would kill somebody. Then, without reason or warning, Bill Ramsey attempted the murder of a police officer. He was locked up, and his life became a tangle of police, psychiatrists, and reporters. I envisaged being in prison for the rest of my life, or in a secure mental hospital for the rest of my life. Or a kennel. For something I knew I would never be responsible for. The unassuming man with the tragic secret was famous now as the werewolf of Southend-on-Sea. What was causing it? I, I was literally, it felt like just committing suicide. Word of Ramsey's bizarre behavior spread as far as rural Connecticut, where authors Lorraine and Ed Warren were intrigued. So, Lorraine and Ed Warren are the godparents of paranormal investigation. Their cases have involved Amityville and the Enfield Poltergeist, amongst others. The Warrens have documented over 7,000 cases of the paranormal and for the past 24 years lectured on demonology at major universities worldwide. Like I told Lorraine, I said, Lorraine, I'm not going to go before the public and start talking about a werewolf. I said, it's going to be interesting to go there, see what we can do to help this man, but that's about it. He felt that that was just stretching our credibility just a little too far to believe in werewolves. But I believe. Poor Ed. He must love his wife very much. The Warrens went to England to investigate Ramsey's case. They had many questions. Was Ramsey a common criminal? Was he mentally ill? Or was he really a werewolf, possessed by what they believed was the devil? They spoke with Inspector Tony Belford, who was there the night Ramsey tried to murder a fellow officer. What I actually saw that night, um, I couldn't really understand what it was. All I knew that it was something I'd never witnessed before. It was not natural behavior. That night, Bill Ramsey became confused and lost control. He picked up a prostitute and without explanation, drove her to the police station. So I took the prostitute inside, leaving Sergeant Terry Fisher out in the yard with Ramsey. Well, that was good of him. He had these mad, staring eyes and this maniacal expression. That's all I can describe it as. But the worst thing was what he was saying, and it was said in a very malevolent way. And I'll quote from the report I made shortly afterwards. He was saying, the devil is in me. When the devil is in me, I am strong. I'm going to kill you. Well, to be fair, they had taken away his prostitute. Ramsey lunged for the sergeant's throat. Fisher, unarmed, responded with a powerful knee to the groin. He sort of went and crouched down and he shrugged it off again and became stronger. And when I came out into the yard, I saw Terry Fisher on the floor, just over in this location, with Bill Ramsey sitting on top of him with his hands around his throat. Then there were bobbies that came to their sergeant's aid and he threw them off, in their words, like they were matchsticks. little voice back here said, Terence, you've come unstuck this time. And when you see the size of this ex-police officer, you'll say to yourself, what scared him so much? Why this one experience? Because he's seen something that very few people ever see. A werewolf. He's seen the transfiguration of a man into a wolf. It took five officers to subdue Bill Ramsey, who was not under the influence of any drugs. When I say he snarled and he growled, it was a, the impression of his lips turning up and showing his teeth. And I can recollect actually saying at the time in the reports that I filed that he took on the appearance of a mad dog. Like a caged animal, Ramsey tried to escape. 
His head, right arm, up to his shoulder, was outside. This hole. I should point out the cop is referring to a small hole in the cell's steel door. It's difficult to actually um, visualise a head and an arm out there, but I can assure you I saw it, five or six firemen saw it, doctors saw it, and I would suggest up to seven or eight policemen saw it, none of which could believe what we'd actually seen. Finally, Ramsey was heavily sedated, soaked with liquid soap, and squeezed back through the hole. Badly shaken, Officer Fisher took early retirement. Inspector Belford was left to account for Ramsey's bizarre behavior. I submit this report for your information and to have recorded the fact that it is in my opinion that this man will, if not controlled, end up causing fatal or serious injury to some person. Criminal charges were not filed. Instead, Bill Ramsey was committed to a mental hospital. Nice. Everybody thought I had a mental problem. It just didn't seem right. But I had no other answer. I couldn't say, well, it's not a mental problem. So well, you do this normally then, do you? Does everybody, is this normal behavior? Of course it was, it was a mental problem. Where else could they send me? I'm surprised they didn't put him down. There was nowhere else. After psychiatric tests failed to pinpoint the source of Ramsey's behavior, he was released. What is left? The paranormal, the unknown. And that's where we come in. Warren's told me that uh, it wasn't a mental illness. I had no mental illness. Um, I was possessed, demonically possessed, with a wolf spirit. It must be pointed out that neither Ed nor Lorraine have any psychiatric qualifications at all. Oh, oh God. I've heard it all. And he, he clo kind of closed the evening with, um, would you come to the USA? and be exercised. Exercise? Come on! Some absolute rubbish they've given me here. But maybe. I've been through all the other avenues, remember. A British newspaper paid Bill Ramsey $20,000 for the rights to his story. His private ordeal was now a public spectacle to be played out in rural Connecticut. It was here that the Warrens introduced him to Bishop Richard McKenna, a priest who had performed the dangerous ritual of exorcism many times before. He needed to be exercised, no, no question about that. I would think that being possessed by the devil is the is worst evil that could uh, uh, be, uh, befall anyone. I didn't know what to expect. And when you enter in a realm of the unknown, you're obviously very, very scared. Since Ramsey had shown superhuman strength, six bodyguards with stun guns protected the bishop. Rare still photos are the only visual record of the exorcism. Lord permitted, the devil could easily uh, kill the exorcist. As I proceeded with the prayers, he didn't seem to be himself. It was just some other person were, were, were taking over him. Uh, he himself seemed, seemed to go, only go into a kind of a, of a daze. It started from behind him, and the muscles in the back of the neck all began to enlarge, and the ears began to point, and he howled. He had begun to make the signs of the cross on his forehead and on his breast, and then he would, uh, he would violently react and Hand at me, and, and he snarled like, a, like an animal. The lips rolled up, the teeth protruded, 
and he tried to fight. The devil did leave him. Uh, he came to himself. As I came out the exorcism, you feel that you're a new person. The man was freed. The man was freed. And it worked. Bill never beat the shit out of any cops ever again. There are even people who claim to be werewolves today. But not all werewolves are scary. Especially this next guy, who appears to be living in some shitty basement in London. I don't know who's worse. Rasik, the so-called werewolf, or the interviewer. Hello, can you tell me your name? Um, my name is Razik. Razik? Where are you from, Razik? Um, well, I can't actually remember because um, in the early stages of my life I had a memory block and there's the first part of my childhood I can't remember. I believe you're a werewolf. Yes, that is correct. And is that cat a werewolf? Um, she has got werewolf blood in her, funny enough. How did that happen? Does she kill? She turns into a porcupine in the evenings. What oh, does she, What does she eat? She eats um, mainly cornflakes and um, her favourite thing is rebels. Does she like ginger nuts? Um, I, I, I don't know. Do you like ginger nuts? That poor fucking cat. I should also clarify for American listeners that ginger nuts are a type of cookie, not a red-headed guy's balls. Do you like vampires? Um, yeah, we didn't used to get on that well, but we sort of get on quite well these days. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've had a, quite a bloody past, and, you know, news reports have said that we haven't got on very well, but these days, you know, we're for uh, world peace, so, yeah, things are on the up. This guy's so full of shit. That's so good to hear. What about partner? Have you got a partner? Uh, not in this current time, no. Really? I wonder why. What's your favourite hobby, pastime? Um, well, uh, I quite like um, knitting. What sort of things do you knit? Um, I knit woolly jumpers and uh, I make them quite thick so that the silver bullets that some human beings are still hugs and werewolves, so I make jumpers that are very, very thick so the silver bullet doesn't penetrate into the werewolf's skin. Yes, you did hear that correctly. He sits in his basement with his cat and knits sweaters that deflect bullets. Is that the only thing that would kill a werewolf? Um, yes, it is, unfortunately, but um, werewolf research is looking into uh, vaccines to protect us against silver, and especially silver bullets. But I'm making these knitted jumpers, which are very, very thick, which seem to do the trick. Do you sell them? Yes, uh, they, they've been sent very, very well. Werewolves in Brazil have been buying quite a lot. Isn't it a bit too hot in Brazil to wear sweaters? How much are they? Well, they're not too expensive, between sort of £10 and £15, depending on the style you want. Can you knit me one? Um, do you think you'd need one? Are you, you're, are you a werewolf? I'm not a werewolf, but I'd like to be a werewolf. I think the world already has one too many shit werewolves. How do I become a werewolf? Um, well, um, I could bite you, <laughs> and on the next full moon you would turn into a werewolf, but we're, we're not really into that these days. No, they're more into knitting shitty sweaters and eating cereal with their cats. Huh. But, yeah, I mean, you know, free choice, if you really wanted to become a werewolf, then we could arrange 
Do I have to change my religion? Um, well, I mean, most of the werewolves I know are pretty much sort of agnostic these days, so um, it's, it, it's, not, it's not really a requirement to have a religion. Where do you live? I live um, in a small house on the outskirts of London. Do you live alone? No, I've got um, Riki, the cat. Riki? She comes along with me. Does she, go Does she go everywhere with you? Um, she sometimes she sometimes she likes to be on her own and collect her thoughts. Maybe she'll go travelling for a couple of weeks. But she sort of looks after herself pretty well. Do werewolves work? Um yeah, I've got a few jobs. I've got my knitting business, which is sort of a sideline, but mainly I um <coughs> sort of work in the the, um, in the dentist, funny enough. In the dentist? Mm. I think we'll have to come back at a later date and talk about your job in the dentist. Okay, thank you very much. But thank you very much for coming along for your interview. Thank you. Thank you. So, that's a modern-day werewolf. He single-handedly ruined werewolves for everyone in the world now. Episode, Episode 8. 8. Werewolves. The epilogue. So, what have we learnt this week? We learnt that some cops have their priorities right. So I took the prostitute inside, leaving Sergeant Terry Fisher out in the yard with Ramsey. We learnt that werewolves in the 70s were badass. The devil is in me. When the devil is in me, I am strong. I'm going to kill you. And we learnt that modern day werewolves are shit. Well, uh, I quite like, um, knitting. Some scholars believe the werewolf myth may have come from rabies, since if you're bitten by a rabid person or animal, then you'll become a rabid person or animal. It's safe to say that a long time ago it was perfectly reasonable to be scared of werewolves. But now, even if werewolves do exist, Razik has proved that there's absolutely no need to be scared anymore. If you enjoy this podcast, then share it with your friends and let me know. Join the Facebook group and the Instagram, and you can email me at idontknowpod at outlook.com. Special thanks to our logo creator, Raymond Roel of Project Raven Creative. See all his links in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and come back next week to find out what I don't know. Things happen.